Hello and welcome to the Abolish the Monarchy podcast brought to you by Republic. I'm Graham Smith. Don't forget, if you want to find out more about the issues or Republic, head over to republic.org.uk where you can also join, donate or get involved. Your membership subscription will help Republic do more campaigning and produce more podcasts and YouTube content. So if you haven't already, please head over to the site and become a member. In this episode, I'm talking to Hans Mason, a leading member and former chair of the Dutch Republican movement. Uh, Hans made news in 2013 when he was one of a two-people protest, both of whom were arrested during King's Day. This interview was recorded in October 2020, shortly after the Dutch king became embroiled in a row uh, after he broke Covid lockdown rules. Hi Hans, thanks for coming on to the podcast. How are you? Fine, how are you Graham? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I just wanted to start, I guess, by asking you when and why did you become a Republican? Is it something you have always felt or is it a more recent conversion? Well, that is kind of an odd question because you don't ask somebody living in the United States or in France such a question. I mean, these people are born as a Republican. Um, well, we obviously live in a monarchy in the Netherlands and then you, if, then you have, you have to become a Republican. That's right. And um, I always talk about my coming out as a Republican. You know, it's quite a thing in the Netherlands to really be an outspoken Republican. And um, well, that was about uh, 40 years ago. I was the chairman of a a political party, a liberal party in my hometown in the south of Holland. And um, uh, well, I I have been, I I was a Republican before. I spent a year in the United States. And of course, that's not a perfect republic, but the way they they try to implement democracy there is very interesting. And I wasn't familiar with that in the Netherlands. So when I was involved in politics, local politics, you know, you think about democracy and so on, and you see this king who has no democratic legitimation, and and you say that's wrong, you know. I mean, that's why you're a politician. You want to represent your 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 folks in in a democratic way. And when I had my coming out as a Republican in my Liberal Party, that was the end of my political career because in Holland, um, uh, you, people are really a bit compassionate about you when you're a Republican. Oh, really? Are you a Republican? Don't you feel sorry for yourself? You know, it's that that kind of attitude. Um, you're supposed to like the, the House of Orange, you're supposed to like the king, and if you don't, that's a rare situation. So that's that's more or less how I became a Republican, just being a Democrat. And then, I mean, when I first met you, you were talking to us about a protest that you staged, I think, was it you and one other person? I can't recall, um, but it, I remember that um, it was fairly... Uh, dramatic. Uh, when was that? It was 2012, was it? Well, that was 2013. That was was when our king ascended to the throne. Um, I was together with Joanna, a young student lady. Uh, at that time, I've been involved in the Republican movement for more than a decade. And of course, uh, there would, would come a time that uh, Queen Beatrix would step down and King Willem Alexander would ascend to the throne. And that happened in 2013. And, um, well, um, just before that, that date, that was the king's birthday on the 30th of April, um, this Joanna uh, was standing as a student uh, on the street and um, the, the queen was coming by for uh, some kind of activity. And she raised a, a, a cotton board 
and she wrote on it, um, let's get rid of the monarchy, this is 2013. I mean, this doesn't fit in this time period anymore. Mm. And she was arrested just for, wow. for holding up that, that, that sign. And there were questions in, um, in Parliament about that, and the minister had to excuse himself, the police shouldn't have done that, and so on. Um, and so we decided, of course, to protest um, against the this uh, ascending to the, to the throne of Willem Alexander on, on the day of this, the, that it would happen, the 30th of April, 2013. Um, and um, as we planned to do that as a Republican movement, I was interviewed by a local Amsterdam radio station. Mm-hmm. And I asked, you know, uh, how, how is that going to take place? I mean, if I stand on the damn square when, when the queen and the king will be on the balcony and I say, boo! You know, will I be arrested? I said that on the radio. And then the Mm. mayor of Amsterdam heard that. And he said, why didn't you come by? Let's talk about that. The reason for that was that when Queen Beatrix was inaugurated about 30 years ago, it was a total mess in Amsterdam. There were riots all over the town. And the mayor, of course, wanted to prevent that to happen this time. So we sat down with the mayor and he said, listen, Amsterdam is a city of free speech. You can do whatever you like as long as you don't disturb the festivities. I say, that's no problem. I just want to stand on the damn square with a, with a sign saying no monarchy, but no monarchy, but democracy. I mean, that's a very nice thing to say, isn't it? So when this, this, uh, is, you can imagine the, the ascending to the throne is a big thing, you know, this, yeah, yeah. and, and then on the day that, uh, that, that happened, I was on the damn square with Johanna. Early in the morning, there were cameras all over the place. I mean, the police have seen us uh, from from the from early in that morning. There were uh, a couple of thousand people, most of them tourists, by the way. Everybody was sitting at home watching the television. Um, and um, I was interviewed. We were interviewed by the international press. I mean, there was press from New York, from Australia, from Chile, from Argentina, from Germany, all over the world. Yep. They flocked around us to, to interview us because, hey, there's somebody opposing the monarchy. You know, that was a, a rare thing in the Netherlands. And then, um, well, just five minutes before the actual scene on the balcony, um, um, you know, I was, I was standing in line between the, the press, the, the television press and the balcony. So if the, 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 the purpose was that there would, is that the journalist could make a picture of my sign with the king and the queen on the same, in the same picture. Yep. And of course, they, they, the, the, the royal police didn't like that because that would disturb the, uh, the idealistic picture of everybody supporting the monarchy. Mm. So five minutes before this balcony scene, the police came up and asked me to, and Joanna and me, to identify ourselves. And we did. But then, even then, they, they said, why don't you come along? We arrest you. I said, why? They didn't give a reason. They took us away. They, they drove us around in a police car, in a closed police car for an hour. They brought us to a police station. We, we were kept in custody for an hour. And then they said, oh, sorry, it's a big mistake. Uh, we, missed, we, we mixed you up with somebody else. And they let us free. The purpose, of course, was to get us off the damn square so no iconic picture could be taken. And it was a big thing because all the press, the press uh, talked about it. What well, this, this is, 
this is so dumb of the the Amsterdam police. We were just standing there as very peaceful protesters, but it it illustrates how um, well hyper, you know, sensitive a protest against the monarchy in the Netherlands is. Hmm. Which is, it still strikes me as bizarre that that is the case. But I mean, your motivation was essentially in response to the the students' arrest previously. Is that? Well, yes, of course. We supported Joanna. She became the Republican of the Year. We elected her as Republican of the Year, being so courageous. But we we supported her in a protest as well. Unfortunately, there weren't many of us protesting on the damn square, just, no. just Joanna and me. Um, so it takes some courage to do that in the Netherlands. And did you expect um, to be arrested on that day? Well, that, well, I mean, uh, how how honest and open can you be? I mean, we got a permission from the mayors to sta- mayor to stand there. I mean, it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but you know, they just don't want any interference with their festivities. And did they have a? I mean, you talked about the international media, but the the Dutch media picked up on this and it became a, an issue. Did it? Did it help the Republican? No, not. No, not for the international media. They just thought I was a nasty guy and I was taken away. You know, there probably was something else that caused this arrest. But um, you know, actually, the the chain of command in the police was overruled by the, the by the king's police. I guess you know they, they have a special police force. And they broke the chain of command because the mayor uh, excused himself. I, I, the next day, we got flowers from the chief of police from Amsterdam. You know, it's just so, something went completely wrong. We 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 filed a lawsuit because we were taken in uh, we were taken hostage more or less. You know, against law. Of course, we lost that, but but we got a lot of attention in the Dutch press, but not in the international press. Did did it sort of? Make a difference to the to the Dutch Republican movement. I mean, what, what was? It, it seems to me that since then the Dutch Republican movement has gone from strength to strength. I mean, was that a catalyst, or was that more your involvement in that movement and other people coming along and getting involved? Well, what you always see is that when when there is a riot in an array, a row in 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 monet, monarchistic things, uh, we get a lot of new members. So our, our membership doubled. After this period, I, maybe it's it's funny to say, but we had a big row in Dutch monarchy last weekend. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but of course we have Corona just as you do. We have a partial lockdown, but the king decided to sneak uh, sneak out with the government airplane and go to his house in Greece and spend his uh, autumn holidays there. But he was noticed and. Um, Within 24 hours, he had to turn back. He had to come back. You know, the, the public opinion in the Netherlands was so negative that he just couldn't stay there. And for the first time in 200 years, the king apologized today on television for his behavior. And, but still, it's a very, very negative thing. He's he's just uh, not connected to the people. You know, everybody's here in a kind of a lockdown. You're not supposed to go abroad, sit at home, and he just enjoys himself with his family in, in Greece. And what's what's the reaction since? I mean, obviously he's only just apologized, but when he came back, I mean, are people forgiving? I mean, it, certainly all the stories I've heard over the last few months where people have broken lockdown and they're in official positions, there's normally been a demand for them to resign. I mean, was there any kind of was there anywhere close to that with the king, or are people much more forgiving of a monarch? Well, 
of course, we hope this this would would be the the, the time to proclaim proclaim the Dutch Republic. We didn't do that, but that people are really really angry. You know, I have never heard so many Dutch people saying they're they're Republican. I mean, they it was a blunder, a first mm. first class blunder, and um, so he'll have a lot of hard times to to repair his image. Mm. Uh, of being close to the people, understanding them, you know, they're all the, the, the monarchy is always about money and, and privacy, and so uh, they, they made a big mistake. And unlike in the UK, I mean, our queen is expected to stay on until the moment that she dies. Um, your queen abdicated or resigned uh, in 2013 in favour of her son. Um, did that? make a difference to that get people sort of talking about the monarchy and thinking well you know why are we sitting here watching this man take over as the head of state well i mean it's it's pretty normal that our kings or queens descend from the throne before they die it's i think it's a bit different in the uk isn't it um uh, so there's 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 a permanent discussion about the monarchy but unfortunately people always say well it's important but there are more important things to deal with and so never anything, you know, nothing changes. It's a, it's just not a, you know, our football team plays in orange, you know, the color orange is sacred in, 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 in the Netherlands. It's, it's so in, we're so indoctrinated. When you go to school, to primary school, every year you have King's games, you know, the children are indoctrinated from the beginning. Um, and it's very hard to, to get through that, that, uh, that layer of monarchy and, and just talk to people about it, it is not democratic. You want to have an elected head of state. I mean, that's the standard all over the world. Um, they're just not interested. They're just not interested. But you are, I mean, as I said, so you, uh, since 2013, certainly, uh, I think that it's fair to say that the, the movement has become stronger. I mean, what's been going on in the, those seven years? What's, can you sort of give me a, a flavor of how... Uh, how things yes. have changed within the movement. Yes, well, because we got more members uh, after the, the change in the throne, um, we were able to professionalize our, our movement. And, and Graham, we talked about that before. We, we copied a bit your the way you're structured in the UK. So we had a professional sec secretary for, for one day, and now we have a secretary for two days. We had a very interesting uh, inquiry into the costs of the monarchy. So we don't only want to react to things that, that happen, but we also want to act and initiate uh, news. And so we made an inquiry into the costs of the democracy, of the, the monarchy. We had a crowdfunding for that. It raised 20,000 euros. And we, did, we, we found out the, the actual cost is 345 million euros each year. Which is about, uh, let's see, that's about uh, 15 times, no, not 40, it's about 10 times as much as the official figure. Yeah. You know, so uh, we, we, that again gave us a lot of uh, tailwind and we got more members. But you always, you also see that if you're not in the news constantly, you lose members, you know. So it's a, it's a constant fight. But, you know, this last week, we, we, again, we had a couple of hundred new members because of this row about the Greece vacation of our king. Mm -hmm. And then you've recently launched a, a new appeal to take a legal action. Uh, can you explain what that is about? Yes. Well, it's a, 
it, it's called a public litigation procedure. Um, um, what you can do as a organization such as the Dutch Republican Movement is to challenge the Dutch state about um, the way the uh, the Trius Politica is organized in the Netherlands. You know the Trius Politica, you have to separate executive, uh, uh, legislative and juridical uh, powers in a, in, a, in a country. Well, if you look at our uh, constitution, uh, we counted it. The king is mentioned 105 times, while the words freedom, equality, and democracy are, are can count only six times. I mentioned only six times. If you read our constitution and you don't know what country it applies to, you think, oh, that's somewhere in the Middle East, you know, some kind of a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, really, it's crazy. There's, there's just one, there's just one key uh, article that says that um, the king is... Is the king can do no wrong and the prime minister is responsible. Uh, so, you know, wow, he, wow. he was made, um, uh, unable to, he's, he, he, the king got kind of a guardian in, in the prime minister. Um, and so if you, if you find a lawsuit in the Netherlands against the king, that's going to be a tough time. I mean, the judge is sworn in by the king. The, the, wow. your lawyer has, as also say he's loyal to the king. The laws are signed by the king. There's a picture of the king in in the court courtroom. Uh, um, the the highest ju the highest co uh, judicial court in the Netherlands is uh, chaired by the king. Uh, you know this is not this is not according to the Trias Politica. So we're trying to 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 start a, a chain of lawsuits against the state about the position of the king in the judicial system. And we probably will end um, in the, the uh, European Court of Human Rights uh, and hope that they will decide this, this position of the king should be changed. It's not according to how a normal Western European democracy is organized. And again, we, we raised, we, we were planning to raise with a crowdfunding 20,000 euros. We raised 40,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a big success. Uh, we haven't done anything yet, you know. We already collected 40,000 euros. We, and, and I think we will enjoy this, this procedure for the coming years because it'll take a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And every time, you know, you can get in the news, you, 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 you get in the news and you start this discussion about the position of the king in our society, in our constitution. And that's, that's, I guess, what has to be done. You have to show them how rotten it is. Uh, uh, unfortunately, that's the way we have to approach this. And the, so your constitution, I mean, you mentioned the king being as the chair of your your Supreme Court. I mean, is that in a practical sense? Is that actually, is it just a figurehead thing? Or does he have any kind of practical role in either the judicial or political system? Well, that's the point, you know. Um, it is symbolic, they say. But um, there was a previous lawsuit for the Human Rights Court, and it said there is no nothing that um, that the king can act according to the power given to him in the constitution at any time. You know, there's nothing that uh, prevents him from doing so. Hmm. And it, it, that that is a central issue, of course. You know, it it may be symbolic, but who knows how crazy it can be? You know, I mean. Uh, 
So it's not conventional. It's quite, it's not, I mean, over here, the powers are often um, used or not used by convention. But what you're saying there is that it's quite explicit in the constitution that he has those powers, but he essentially allows other people to exercise them or or no one exercises them. Is that? Yes, of course. And all these, these, uh, uh, as I said, the king can do no wrong and the prime minister is responsible for his acts. Uh, and I think as soon as he would breach this this uh, um, this this lack of power and he would use it, you know, that's the end of the monarchy. Right. Um, but uh, that doesn't matter. It's a principal yeah. question. You know, yeah. there you have to organize your democracy according to the Human Rights Court. And if if we, as a Republican movement, would file a lawsuit against the king, we would not get a a fair lawsuit. A fair procedure. That's the point. And um, for example, in the Netherlands, it's a very strange thing. We have a, a kind of a media code. There is a kind of a, a censorship on media in the Netherlands. And there's a deal between the, the, the media and the monarchy. Um, you don't interfere. The, the deal is this. You don't, the, the media shouldn't interfere with the private uh, life of the king. And then twice a year, there will be a photo session where the, 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 the phot- photographers, the media photographers can take pictures as many as they want. So it's a kind of a, a self-censorship. Um, you know, so if we would, if we would, so if you, if you publish a picture in the Netherlands of the private uh, activities of the king, you're not supposed to do that. If you do that, you will not be invited to this photo session. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely, it's a self-censorship of the, of the press. Now, if we would challenge that, that, that media code, you know, that would be an example of a lawsuit against the king, yeah. which would not be yeah. fair. So, I mean, if on more trivial, well, not trivial things, but on sort of day-to-day law-breaking that any of us might one day be guilty of, whether it's dangerous driving or, um, I don't know, uh, getting into a, f- a fight or, you know, cheating on your taxes or whatever, the sort of stuff that, you know, you can imagine someone doing. I mean, if the king did any of that, essentially the constitution says, well, this is, he can do no wrong and it's up to the prime minister to take the responsibility. Yeah, if he ha- he makes, he causes an accident, you know, the prime minister is responsible. The king can do no wrong, per mm. definition, no wrong which, at all. Which came up last week, I think, with the Greek thing uh, the, the greek trip the, the prime minister seemed to be getting the blame for not advising him to not go is that right well that's the we don't know that's the point you know every week the king and the prime minister have a chat and um uh, the probably the king asked the prime minister hey uh, i want to go to uh, greece to my house there for a uh, autumn vacation and the prime minister didn't say no, or maybe maybe they discussed it. He said no, but the king went anyway. We don't know. We'll never know, yeah. um, because that's a secret of the palace, as we call it. But in the press, and the prime minister then gets the blame. Yeah, he gets all the blame. And I tell you, they had a row between the prime minister and the king. They must have had that. But anyway, I mean, the king wasn't sent on vacation. He went on vacation, you know. Yeah. He, he, he made that decision to go. But obviously the prime minister didn't stop him or the king didn't care about his, his objections. 
Anyway, it's it's a mess. You know, it's impossible to to have such a situation. It's he's a, he's a child, actually. You know, and and the prime minister is his guardian. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Does he? I mean, I often think this about our royals here that they because of the strange world in which they grow up, they don't really grow up. Um, and I mean, do you feel that that's similar to the royals in the Netherlands? Are they, are they sort of childlike in the sense of, you know, being expecting to get what they want and being upset if they don't? Well, they, they always want to be as normal as possible. You know, Queen Juliana would ride the bike and, and, um, we know that uh, Prince of King William Alexander drank a lot of beer when he was a student and so on. You know, they're normal people. They want to be as normal as possible. But they're billionaires and they lead a jet set life and they have palaces and they earn fortunes every year. They're not normal people. You know, they, the, 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 their children go to a regular school, but all the people around these princesses are supposed to shut up, you know, and don't tell anything. They cannot be normal people, you know. They, 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 and that's that was the problem with this Greece vacation. He was just uh, loose of all reality, contact with reality. He made a big, big mistake. He, I mean, since Corona, he has he had paid a lot of has paid a lot of visits to hospitals, schools, you, you name it, and still he makes such a blunder. You know, he's just he thinks he's above the law, and maybe he is. And. Uh, on the constitution, I mean, to what extent is it purely ceremonial? The king's position. I mean, does he is he actively involved in having to sign laws, or is there any? I mean, in the Belgium, for example, uh, he has the king there has had a role to play in trying to um, negotiate a, a new government when they had real problems about eight years ago, nine years ago. I mean, does the king have any kind of role in that? In the constitutional well, sense? Well, fortunately, he hasn't anymore. It was about uh, eight years ago, no, ten years ago, that the parliament decided by itself, by its own rules, that the king would not play any role anymore. That was under Queen Beatrix. Before that, indeed, the king or the queen would take the initiative of forming a government. It, they would inform a uh, in, informer, uh, somebody who would, would try to, to make a government, right? Uh, so the, the king and the queen used to have the same power as the Belgian king still has. Um, so that's, I think by getting rid of that power, that's, um, you know, half of the power of the monarchy. You know, there's no formal power anymore. That's right. But, um, you know, we have a very strange democratic system in the Netherlands. Nobody, there's no public official elected. Nobody is elected. So all the people are um, appointed by a representative body. So our prime minister, you don't vote for a prime minister. You vote for a party and then you hope, you, you do, really don't know what the outcome will be of a form, when they form a government. We don't elect our mayors. There's, no, there's, there are, there's only one country in all of Europe uh, that doesn't elect the mayor. That's us, which is crazy. You know, the, the words, and we, we, the people in the Netherlands think that's normal. It's not. We don't elect, I mean, your mayor can be some old politician from The Hague who goes to the north or the south of Holland and becomes a mayor because, you know, he has a good lobby and, of course, he has connections in, in The Hague and so on. Um, so 
we we have a very strange kind of democracy. Maybe that's because we're below the sea. You know, we, we have to polder, as we say. We have to work together to keep our feet dry. And and um, if you don't work together, you don't get anywhere. So there's always compromises. There's nobody ever responsible for anything. It's always the system or a group of people, or they didn't work together. Um, and that's I think that's not good in a democracy. But that's the culture in this country. So with the, I mean, the, the objective of your campaign or the movement that you're involved in is the abolition of the monarchy, and I guess a lot of it is to do with principle. Given, that, I mean, they, they've had their power removed, but they are clearly uh, there are clearly other issues outstanding, such as the you know the um, protection against prosecution and so on. But is the principle the main sort of fundamental core of what you're arguing? Well, if you look at it from a populistic way, uh, you should raise the issue of the costs. You know, right. the, you know that Dutch are pretty thrifty, like the Scottish are, and um, uh, they don't like that they they spend so much money. The, the, our king gets earns just as much as the 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 president of Germany, Finland, Slovakia, and Ireland together. Yeah, he earns more, but that's only his salary. That's one million a year. But then he gets five million to for his personnel and so on. There's a budget, of official budget of 60 million. But as we calculated, it's 345 million each year what the monarchy costs us. I mean, the Dutch really don't like that, you know. The, very interesting now. We, we, he, he will get a, a pay raise of 5% this year because it's somewhere in a regulation that was agreed on in 1972. You know, it's more or less, uh, uh, in the constitution more or less, you, it's hard, very hard to change. And people are so angry about that because everybody's on a, on a zero line pay rise, right? And then he gets 5%. And then the prime minister says, well, that's the way it is. Let's not talk about that. And then again, and then also Princess Amalia, our crown princess, um, will get 1.5 million when she turns 18. Yeah, 1.5 million when she turns 18. Yeah, that's her salary then. She doesn't do anything, but she gets that. That's people don't understand that, you know, and especially in Corona times. So we that of course is their most vulnerable thing. They're also so thrifty. They like money, you know. They they cheat on taxes. They sell yeah. art that shouldn't leave the country. Stuff like that. But of course, for us, that's not the principal issue. The principal issue is you should be able to elect your head of state. Uh, but that is that is the Dutch are not so very interested in in how a democracy works and just accept it as a natural law. You know, we're not taught how a democracy works. It's a feeling. It's a, 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 way, a way of living together. There's no print. There's no principle. As I said, I mean, the constitution, the king is mentioned 105 times and the word democracy only once. I mean, and nobody cares. And have Dutch attitudes towards the monarchy changed over the last 20, 30 years? I mean, are they actively enthusiastic about the royals or are they largely indifferent but are happy to go along with the celebrations with King's Day and so on? I mean, how sort of heartfelt is their support for the for the monarchy or is it sort of, well, it's there and I can't be bothered thinking about it? Yeah, well, um, it is decreasing slowly. What is important is that uh, every year on King's Day they hold uh, an inquiry 
and of course that's a very good time to hold an inquiry because everybody's uh, is going to have a day off and so on. If you ask people, then you like the king to say, "Yeah, we're going to have a day off at the big feast," you know. So they, so this, this is not an objective uh, inquiry, but 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 the the youth the youth clearly says we're not so interested in the monarchy anymore. So there's a demographic effect that uh, that will that takes place. And with all these these blunders, you know, this this 1.5 million for the the princess, uh, this this Greece vacation, a speedboat of two million euros, a pay rise of five five percent, this all hurts the monarchy very much, um, and and um, it, it it is decreasing, and we are trying to to profit from that, you know. So, yeah. but it's a very subtle fight. Uh, you know, we, we had a discussion in our, on our board just a, just a week ago. I said, we should proclaim the Republic, you know, just do it. Say, we're gonna, the, the king is in Greece. He's, he left the country. Let's proclaim the Republic. But we didn't do that, you know, so, <laughs> um, I'm kind of an activistic person, uh, but you should, do something, you know. When I was in Amsterdam several years ago, um, we were taking part in a discussion with some of your members, and there were some people saying that monarchists say that the Dutch monarchy is good for Dutch tourism. Um, and I was amazed at this because, I mean, most people in the UK, when your queen abdicated, it's the first time they ever realised that the Netherlands had a monarchy. But um, but they said that there was some attraction from Germany and no nearing neighboring neighboring countries and so on i mean is that an argument that, that still gets used well it's a bit different it's not the, the the monarchy is not good for tourism but good for business um they say they say which is not hmm. true they say that uh, when there when there's a bunch of businessmen going on a trip a foreign trip a state visit to whatever country and the king joins them you know There'll be so many new contracts signed, you know, and the king opens doors and everybody wants to make a deal with the Dutch businessman, which is, of course, excuse the word, bullshit, you know, but <laughs> yeah. it works fantastic. People say, high costs, what does it matter? He brings so much money into the country, you know, it's, it's a good investment to have a king, but it's bullshit. Actually, it works the other way around. Um, uh, if, if the king is somewhere, you know, you, you can't talk to him. And you can't say what he said to you. You're not supposed to do it. He's, he's silent, you know. Um, and what he says is written for him. Um, he cannot be interviewed. Uh, you know, one time they visited uh, New York when New York uh, was, I think, 500 years old or something. And um, they, so, so the New York media said, oh, interesting. Let's have a chat with the, with the king. I said, no, 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 we can't have that. You know, I mean, what, that, that's an open invitation for promotion of your country to have a chat with your, your, your head of state uh, on a New York television, right? But that's, they're not allowed to do that. So it's contrary to that. If, if the king joins businessmen on a state visit, you know, everybody shuts up. Uh, it's, but it's a, it's a mystery. They, they, there was one time a professor who said, you know, it brings a billion euros every year to the Netherlands, which, Nobody ever had any proof of that. If you look at the statistics, if we go to a country with on a state visit, there's no movement in more or less export. You know, nothing happens. No. But these are the mysteries of the, of the monarchy, I guess. 
Okay, well, I think that's probably all we've got time for now. But um, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. And it's been really interesting. And I know that uh, if the last few years are anything to go by, the, the campaign's just going to carry on growing. And uh, hopefully, your king is going to carry on helping you out with these gaffes and blunders as he's been doing recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still work to do.